This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 65 of Surah Al-Sad. Uh, that is page number 453 of the Sahih International Translation. <coughs> أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إنما أنا منذر وما من إله إلا الله الواحد القهار رب السماوات والأرض وما بينهما العزيز الغفار قل هو نبأ عظيم أنتم عنه معرضون ما كان لي من علم بالملأ الأعلى إذ يختصمون إن يوحى إلي إلا أنما أنا نذير قال ربك للملائكة إني خالق بشرا من طين فإذا سويته ونفخت فيه من روحي فطعوا له ساجدين فسجد الملائكة كلهم أجمعون إلا إبليس استكبر وكان من الكافرين قال يا إبليس ما منعك أن تسجد لما خلقت بيدي أستكبرت أم كنت من العالين قال أنا خير منه خلقتني من نار وخلقته من طين قال فاخرج منها فإنك رجيم وإن عليك لعنتي إلى يوم الدين قال رب فأنظرني إلى يوم يبعثون قال فإنك من المنظرين إلى يوم الوقت المعلوم قال فبعزتك لأغوينهم أجمعين إلا عبادك منهم المخلصين قال فالحق والحق أقول لأملأن جهنم منك وممن تبعك منهم أجمعين قل ما أسألكم عليه من أجر وما أنا من المتكلفين إن هو إلا ذكر للعالمين ولتعلمن نبأه بعد حين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We praise Allah سبحانه وتعالى We thank him and indeed we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all his household, his companions, and every one of us. May Allah bless us all. 
My dearest mothers and sisters, a beautiful day, mashallah. We thank Allah for the weather He's given us. We thank Allah for the gifts that He has given us. So many they are that if we were to really remain in sujood throughout our lives, we still would not be doing justice to the gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the bare minimum is at least we obey His commands and we try to improve ourselves on a daily basis. Amin. My mothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in these verses to declare to the people that he is only but a warner. So he says, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مُنْذِرِ Say to them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that I am only a warner. I am only a warner. وَمَا مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ إِلَّا اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَهَّارِ And there is no deity except Allah, the one, the prevailing. Now if we take a look at this, what is he warning us about? He is warning us about the fact that there is a life after death and accountability. There is a qiyamah, there is a day, there is heaven and hell. And in fact the warning would be about hellfire. To say there is a fire coming, there is something very dangerous coming uh, for those who transgress. And this is called the warning. Now Rasulullah has been described as Bashir and Navir. Bashir means one who gives good news, bearer of glad tidings, and Navir is one who gives a warning, one who bears a warning or a bearer of some form of bad news if a person were to engage in that which deserves it. So my mothers and sisters, this particular verse is referring to the warning and the warning alone. Why? Because a few verses earlier, Allah was speaking about the dispute of the people of hellfire. That they will be arguing with one another and they will be saying, you're the one who led me astray. And the other one will say, no, it was because of you and so on. In other places in the Quran, Allah speaks of how a person will regret the company they had. And this is why we say it is extremely important to have good company. Make sure your friends are people who say nice things, good things, correct things, upright things, that which will result in you going towards paradise, not that which is going to result in regret. When we engage in backbiting, gossiping, making people's lives difficult, uttering bad and evil words to people, saying things that are far away from what Allah wants, uh, forgetting about the instruction of Allah. Like I always say, if you want to party with those who don't dress properly, you're going to feel out of place unless you do not dress properly as well. If you want to party with those who actually dress correctly and partying in the correct way which means having fun that is clean and good then alhamdulillah you will feel out of place if you dress inappropriately and that is what we say company is all about it helps you and guides you and makes you feel accepted because human nature is such that although we know we have an instruction from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we like to feel accepted so if your neighbors like you, perhaps your family members, your friends like you, those whom you mix with, if they like you, you get happy, you get excited inside. It's just something that a person feels, wow, you know what, so many. But remember one thing, sometimes people are not worth them liking you. They are not worth it because they are the wrong people. In order to make them happy, you will have to do things that are not you, that are not Muslim, that are not, with, that are not within the boundaries of Allah. If that's what will make them happy, then no way, you don't need them. You need those who are happy with the fact that you dress correctly. They are sad when you don't dress correctly. 
you know, you feel a bit of a distance, you feel out of place because you're not perhaps a person who is uh, on the bare minimum. And what this means is your character and conduct is failing. You know, someone who swears and utters bad words all the time, if they go into the company of those who are offended by bad words, they will definitely feel out of place for as long as uh, the, the good are in majority. And this is why it's something extremely important. So Allah says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا مُنْذِرُ وَمَا مِنْ إِلَهٍ إِلَّا اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَهَارُ Tell them that I am only but a warner. And there is no deity besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one, the prevailing. رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفَّارُ Look at the wording of the Qur'an. Allah says, The Lord of the heavens and the earth and all that is between them, the Almighty. Now obviously these are all qualities that would instill awe in a person. He is the Lord, the owner. Allah is saying he, that Muhammad wasallam is a warner. And I am the Lord, the owner, the all-powerful, the almighty. Then he says, Al-Ghaffar, the all-forgiving. Amazing. Look at the combination here. Allah says, almighty, all-powerful. He is the only deity. And then at the end he caps it by saying, but he is the all-forgiving. Al-Ghaffar. You see, Al-Ghafuru is one who forgives. And Al-Ghaffar is the one who often forgives. Time and again, he keeps on forgiving. That's known as Ghaffar. And my mothers and sisters, the term Al-Ghaffar is one of the most uh, beautiful in terms of instilling within a person the hope. One of the most hopeful of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Ghaffar. Allah says in another place in the Quran, indeed I am the one who continues, carries on forgiving. I keep on forgiving. Now with us as human beings, you do something wrong once, you say sorry to your friend who you did it wrong to, they might say okay. You do it wrong again, they might say okay. You do it wrong a third time, they might say okay. But then when you get to a fourth time, they will become irritated and so on. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for as long as you were sincere, Allah says, no problem, forgiven. And it can happen a million times, no problem, forgiven. This does not mean we must intentionally repent a sin because one of the conditions of forgiveness of sin is at the time of repentance, you need to have promised Allah not to do it again. So if it happens after that, you seek forgiveness again and Allah will forgive it again. The same condition is at the time of the second repentance, you promise Allah not to do it again. But if human weakness makes you break a promise, it is different from a person who's seeking forgiveness and in his heart he says, no, I will still do it again. That's something dangerous. So at the time of seeking forgiveness, you promise Allah not to do it again sincerely, genuinely. Allah knows the heart. And then you continue. And if human error makes you fall again, Allah says, I'll forgive you again. And I'll forgive you a fourth time. And, the and I'll forgive you a million, infinity times. I will forgive you. There's no limit to it. The condition is just engage in sincere repentance. We've mentioned the conditions. Let's quickly go through them once again. You admit your sin. You regret it. You ask for forgiveness and you promise Allah not to do it again. Then if it happens again, it is dealt with separately, completely separately. This is why people say, what if I committed the sin again and again and again? The reality is it's got to do with the way you repented, not whether you've done the sin again or not. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all and may we become sincere in our tawbah. So Allah says, Al-Ghaffar, He is the one who is most forgiving. Then, then He says, قُلْ هُوَ نَبَأٌ Tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that it is a very serious news. It's a very great news. Al-Azim means great. So what is the great news? The Mufassirin have said this Qur'an, this Qur'an is great news. 
Very great. It has in it something very, very great and serious. And this goes back to the call. Every week we are asking the mothers and sisters and the whole globe at large to go through the meanings of the Qur'an and understand them and see the context within which they were revealed in and see how it applies to you in your life. Every week we say this. Why? It's the contact we have between us and the one who made us, the one whom we are going to return to. So we say, here Allah is saying, قُلْ هُوَ نَبَعٌ عَظِيمٌ O Muhammad wasallam, we sent you as a messenger. The message we have, go and tell them part of the message is, هُوَ نَبَعٌ عَظِيمٌ It is indeed very great news, something very serious. Now, some of the scholars have made mention of نَبَعٌ عَظِيمٌ meaning, uh, you know, the Akhirah or the Unseen or uh, Jahannam, meaning life, the, the fire and so on, the accountability, the day of Qiyamah, and there are several views. Uh, the Qur'an being obviously the root of all in the sense that it will explain to you what is going to happen, the life after death, what will happen when you are accountable for all your deeds, even that which is as thin as a hair strand and even thinner will be brought to book. So don't think that we are going to get away from Allah. But the way to succeed is continuing to ask Allah's forgiveness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. Amen. So Allah says, Antum Yet you are turning away from it. It is of indeed great news from which you are actually turning away. Now this was to the kuffar of Makkah. They were turning away from the Quran literally. They used to block their ears, put their fingers into their ears in order to turn away from the message of the Quran. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, hey, this is such great news that you are actually turning away from. But the question I have is for myself and yourselves. Don't we turn away from the message of the Quran? Don't some of us not even read the Quran on a daily basis? Don't some of us show no interest in trying to understand the meanings of the Quran well here's the warning so now when Allah says look I sent to you a verse and I warned you to tell you don't turn away from the message of this Quran and, and you actually did so what is your excuse well we'd better prepare an answer May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and make us serious. Mothers and sisters, at least if we try, you know, we always say T-R-Y, just try, try your best. You're trying and Allah knows that you're trying. So you, even if you have the meanings of a few verses a week, it's still good enough. But that's not actually the ideal. Ideally is every single day, your life and your love of the Quran must be such that you read the messages again and again and again, again and again, subhanAllah. Subhanallah. You know, so many ideas come to my mind today. We're living in a life full of love and full of false love. And what happens is young people fall in love. And as they grow older, you know, they get into contact with the one they love or they are infatuated by and so on. And they treasure the message so dearly that if, they, if you have a beautiful message sent to you by someone who you really, really love, you know, very much, I think you read it once and you smile to yourself like a mad person. And then come time again, you're feeling a bit low, go back and read the same message again, you smile again. Wow. And then go back again after when you're feeling a bit low again, you smile again. Imagine that's just cheap sometimes words that are so hollow and so void of emotion and meaning and actually sometimes so false because the person may just be writing or they just may be sending a message without saying anything. If it's a voice clip, you listen to it again and you start smiling to yourself. And people are wondering what's going on. You just got earplugs and you're smiling. And then everyone else is so upset and you're just smiling. Why? Because of something. And then crash. Why, we, why do we say crash? 
When you're let down, you're the saddest person ever. Allah says, I will not let you down. But the problem is we don't read the message and if we read it, we don't know its meaning. So where's the smiles? We don't even smile. We're not even bothered. It, it is a message that will make you help happy when you are sad. It will uplift you when you are low. It is a message that takes you through when you feel like you cannot go through. It is a message that opens the blockage when you think you are blocked and locked. It is a message that will actually give you conviction when you feel you are losing faith. It is a message that will drive you towards goodness when you, feel you are, when you feel you are heading towards that which is not. It is a message that will deliver you from evil. It is a message that will take you through to paradise. It is a message that will actually save you the day that everyone will be burning. Allahu Akbar. And yet we don't read it. Allah says, قُلْ هُوَ نَبَأٌ عَظِيمٌ Tell them, it is something serious. It is a great message. أَنْتُمْ عَنْهُمْ عَرِضُونَ That message which you are turning away from is something great. مَا كَانَ لِيَ مِنْ عِلْمٍ بِالْمَلَأِ الْأَعْلَىٰ إِذْ يَخْتَصِمُونَ Now another story has begun. And Allah is reminding us of our enemy. Who is the enemy? The enemy is shaitan. Allah says, tell them, I had no knowledge of the chiefs, the angels on high, when they were disputing and discussing about the creation of Adam. What was that dispute? Remember when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, He says, He told the angels, Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. That I am the one who is, or I am going to create a uh, vicegerent on earth. And the angel said, Why are you creating someone who is going to spill blood and so on? And this was a sort of a discussion here termed as a dispute. But it was actually a discussion where there was a discussion. Also, after that, what ensued is that Iblis, who was considered, uh, you know, one of the angels, he was considered one of the angels, although he was always from jinn kind. And Allah says he was created from something different from the rest of the angels. And he was jinn kind. So he disputed, he disagreed when it came to the obedience of showing that respect to the creation known as humankind, that was the best of creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which means in terms of creatures, the best was humankind. Ashraful makhluqat, the most honored of the creatures of Allah. And in terms of the best from amongst them, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant us all goodness. So Allah says, إِن يُوحَى إِلَيَّ إِلَّا أَنَّمَا أَنَا نَذِيرٌ مُّبِينٌ Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is being told to tell them, and the following is also part of it, and Allah says, only this has been revealed to me, that I am a plain warner. إِن يُوحَى إِلَيَّ إِلَّا it has not been revealed to me except that I am a clear warner. So Allah says, we made it clear to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he is a clear warner. That's his mission. Then Allah says, and remember or make mention of when your Lord said to the angels, indeed I am going to create a human being from clay. So when I have proportioned him and breathed into him of my created soul, then fall down to him in prostration. So the angels all prostrated, all of them entirely, except Iblis. He was amongst the arrogant and became amongst the disbelievers. These are the verses. I've read up to verse number 74. So Allah says, and now we know what exactly happened. He, he created humankind. He instructed the angels to prostrate. They all prostrated beside Iblis. What was the character that made him disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He was arrogant. That was the quality. Arrogance. 
So this is why when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained what is arrogance, he said arrogance is to reject the truth and to despise people, to think that people are lower than you, low, lowly, meaning, you know, you think I'm it, you know, I'm it. You know? Allahu Akbar. And so you think you're a big deal. Allahu Akbar. And so the arrogance makes you reject the truth. The truth is glaring you in the face. But because you have clout, you have authority, you have wealth, you have beauty, you have so much, you have good health, you have something others don't have. So you reject the truth just because you do not want. That's it. I don't want. Not me. I'm too big to obey Allah's instruction. Allah tells you, read your salah. You say, no, these people are watching. I'm not going to read. I'm too embarrassed. That's arrogance. Following the footsteps of Iblis. Allah says, dress in a specific way. No, I'm not yet ready. I don't want, not yet, not now. Well, Allah might take you away, then what will happen? Well, only Allah knows the condition of the heart. May Allah guide us and forgive us and make us strong. So any instruction that comes from Allah, if we disobey it, usually it is arrogance that makes us disobey. We think we're too big. We want acceptance from people. I know of people sometimes, subhanAllah, they want to do something good, but they don't do it because they fear rejection from their friends, from their family. And that's why they don't do good. They don't even utter that which is upright sometimes. May Allah protect us all. It's a very difficult scenario. It's actually a test from Allah. Can I describe it in a minute, my mothers and sisters? People came to the world, they, they went through their test, they left the world. Others came to the world, they went through their test, they left the world. How long the examination is, Allah chooses. You hand in your examination papers and you're gone. The next people come, they, they, they're given life. So Allah says, before we were born, Allah says, look, I'm sending you on to this earth. It's just an examination. What's your mission? Your mission is to go in there, to find me, worship me alone. We're going to put a lot of obstacles, see how you do, and then we take you away when we believe it's the right time, and then you hand in your papers, and we will then give you back your records and show you how you did in that examination. But the only thing is the result and the effect of the result shall be eternal and eternal and eternal. That's all. So Allah sent us into the dunya, and guess what we did? Every single one of us leaves the world without taking a single thing. In fact, we leave in it everything. So we came into the world naked, completely. We were born. When we were born, it was quite difficult. Birth is extremely difficult. You came into the world, your lungs suddenly were, were inflated and you started crying or whatever happened, happened. And then, and then slowly you were taught how to walk. All this is part of the test, examination. It's like going into a major PSP game, proper 4D, 5D, 7D, whatever you want to call it, right? And you go into it. And next thing what happens is, by default, you're learning how to walk, you're learning how to talk, you, you go to school, you learn something. But Allah says, don't lose focus, don't lose focus. Keep on going back to the instruction manual, don't lose focus. We're going to take you, your time is almost up, your game is almost over, you're, you're about to go. And what happens? We, we know what we are supposed to do, but we still continue doing something else. May Allah forgive us. And he says, okay, I can do you a very big favor. You can actually just say, I'm sorry, and, and we can actually wipe it out. We can give you those points and you can start succeeding. And then Allah says, we take you away, and then we take your accounts. Let's see how you did. First, second, third, fail, you know, may Allah protect us. So people come in, go out. Do you know where we are right now? We're just a few years into that particular test. A few more years and we've gone out. We're not going to stay here. Like I said, you come in without anything. 
When you leave, they take out your clothes, they take out your jewelries, they take out your gold, your silver, your money, your titles, everything gone. And they leave it here. Your certificates, your whatever else, everything is left here. You are gone. It shows you that this is a test. It proves to you that this is actually a test of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because you left everything. If it was supposed to be the dunya, then Allah would say, whatever money you make, bring it with you, you can spend it. Whatever education you have, bring it with you. You can actually utilize it. We're going to categorize people into doctors and lawyers and accountants and whatever else. We'll categorize them. So in the akhirah, everyone else will be, you know, uh, according to what qualifications they have and degrees they have. Is that what it is? No. Allah says the only thing is how much you know of the deen and your a'mal, your deeds, that will categorize you with. That's the test. But still, we tend not to do. So whether you cover yourself properly, that will help. Whether you stop listening to all this beat and all this nonsense, that will help. Whether all the obstacles that came in your life, when you saw these things, you lowered your gaze, that will help. When you, when, when you wanted to run behind materialism by engaging in taking of interest loans, that will help. The rest of the dunya lived in rented accommodation, but we were impatient. We didn't have patience. So, so what happened? We failed the test. Or if we remain, abstain from it and we continue the way Allah wants, we pass. And then we die. We might die at 20, 30, 40, 50 or in between or a little bit later or much earlier. And you know what? We, we might have children that we will also be tested by because Allah says what we want you to do before you leave, you must just pass the baton on to the next generation to tell them what to do. Tell them the instructions. And this is how we've got the message all the way from the beginning. And even from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa up to now, it, it was passed on generation after generation, generation generation after generation and so on. Your duty, my duty. Sometimes Allah don't give us kids, He gives us Jannah in return. Sometimes He gives us children who are unhealthy, who are perhaps suffering some form of what we would term disability. That's your paradise. That is your Jannah. Allah says, we, we decided to give you an obstacle and that obstacle has more reward than someone who had a normal child. So for example, a person who has a normal child, if we were just to, just for interest sake, put it into figure terms, say for example, 10,000 rewards for someone who has a normal child and brings them up, up to the age of majority in a good way, teaches them the message, teaches them Quran and uh, the basics of the deen and lets them carry on before they die or perhaps helps them getting married, they get 10,000 points. I'm just giving you one, uh, you know, thumbsuck of a figure. If someone has had a disabled child, they get a million points one time to start with. Why? Allah says, I just gave you a gift. Something unique. Something no one else has. If someone doesn't have a child, they get a billion points to start with. Why? Because Allah says, I gave you something unique. That's your paradise. You're going to come in the test and we don't even want you to pass a baton. We just want you to carry on the way we... The, your baton is that you're just happy with what we decided. Allah says, for you, paradise. The only condition is your test will carry on without that much of activity in terms of children, but it will have different types of activity. You reach out to different people and we just want you to say, oh Allah, we are happy with what you've decided and that's it. Once you say that and declare it, Allah says, now we'll take you away. When you come to us, don't be frightened to return to us. We've got something very, very big in store for you just because you surrendered to our decree. Allahu Akbar. This is the message of Allah. People go through a marriage, sometimes it fails. That's a test. And, and you get a lot of points for that. I'm, to, I'm talking points, but we're actually talking of rewards. We don't know the exact figure. Allah says, بِغَيْرِ isab. In some cases, He says, there is no even limit to it. We just keep on giving. But sometimes what happens is, there is a limit to it. And Allah says, we'll give you a hundred, two hundred thousand, a million, whatever else it is. But to be honest, it's all got to do with declaration of the faith. And it's all got to do with believing in Allah and remembering that you're just in this world as a test. Everything is a test. It's such a big illusion. It's like walking into a 3D, huge compound and then you're coming out at the exit the other side. The quicker you find the exit, the sooner you will come out. So no one knows exactly when they're going to find the exit. You might be in front of the door of the exit and next thing you out. Subhanallah. 
A huge roller coaster ride, fast sometimes, slow sometimes, going up sometimes, down sometimes. You just got to be focused, and you, no matter what, the roller coaster will move. You know, if you've ever jumped on a roller coaster, sometimes huge, fast roller coasters. I was in Abu Dhabi, and I went to this Ferrari World roller coaster, quite a fast one. It starts off so quick, Subhanallah, and before you know it, it's over. What happened? You were so scared to go on it. Now. You've actually all the way out and you, it stops and everyone starts saying, wow, well done, subhanallah. You know, life is like a roller coaster. Once you're on it, there's no turning back. And when are you going to come out? Well, to be honest, you, you don't know. Allah, Allah alone knows. And you're going to feel like there's so many things happening in between that are so real. Yet, it's all just something. Reality is still to come. Allah gives you a message. So this is why we say cut the arrogance, cut it out. You want to do things, do them for Allah. You pass your test. This is the description of life from a certain angle. In one way, we've described it in such a beautiful way. Don't lose focus. You will have problems. You have a challenge with your husband. You have a challenge with your spouse. Believe me, that's your opportunity to earn points. If it becomes unbearable, you have the option of actually asking out or opting out sometimes. Or you have an option of uh, you know, closing that particular episode of your life and starting a new one. If it's drifting you away from Allah, then, then, then you need to come back to the path. And the same applies to all these things that are marketed so aggressively in front of our eyes. What's that? Materialism. The latest phone, the S5. Wow, it's being marketed so aggressively. Between you and I, there's hardly anything different from the S3, if you ask me. Between the S3, S4, S5, I think, to be very honest with you, that you know what? They've arrived at a peak. Now there needs to be some form of a breakthrough of new type of technology because now the phones are all doing similar things. You might have a few small differences, battery life and something else, and one or two other things. The phone switches off uh, or it closes applications at a certain point of battery level and so on. All that is no big deal. That they knew it from the beginning, they were only releasing it slowly because they wanted to add a price and add value and make you want to buy the next one. But that's all materialism. If I die today, the S6 is still going to come out and the S7 will still, go, will still come out, you know. I cannot at the point of death say, hey, hang on, hang on, I still need to buy the S6. No, doesn't work. Why? Materialism will go faster than I can. We told that in the hadith. That you know what? If the son of Adam has a whole valley of gold, he'll still want another one. And if he says, okay, I just want two. By the time he gets two, he'll want a third one. And he'll continue. It's happened to all of us. If you say, if my salary is so many thousand, I'll be happy. I won't ask for more. Believe me, get that salary. You'll want more and more. You, you say, if I buy a house, I'm set. By now, you'll have bought 10 houses and you still want an 11th one. Why? Because that's the dunya. But Allah says, when you die, you don't even take one house away. What you did with it, how generous you were, how much you lived with Allah is what will actually help you, is what will actually, you know, take you through to Jannah. So Allah says, look, uh, in the process, you've got so many points. You use those points to unlock the next level. And those who know what I'm talking about know exactly what I'm saying. In a game, and especially the games of today, you get so many points. When you get more than a certain amount of points, you can unlock the next level. Unlock the next level. Ask your children. They'll tell you about it. They've unlocked 20, 30 levels. The same rule applies in the dunya. When you get to so much of obedience, you get so much reward, you unlock a new level. New level of consciousness and piety. And you unlock a different level of paradise. You unlock the ease of the grave. You unlock the so many other things. You unlock the breeze of the grave. You unlock the people whom you are going to be resurrected with. Now they would be the, the pious, the, 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 those who are close to Allah, the messengers and so on. And you get to so many different levels. So keep playing your game and keep playing it properly. And don't ever intentionally go and crash your car in the car game. Don't ever. Why? Your game will be over. Or sometimes you will suffer a setback.
So this is why Allah says, be careful of arrogance. The reason why I sidestep slightly is because the mention of Iblis not obeying Allah's instruction of prostration is arrogance. If we refuse to read Salah, it's arrogance. We are deceived by sleep. You think, hey, sleep, my sleep is very important because of this, that. When it comes to Salah, your sleep is not important. It's actually haram. It's actually forbidden. You are not allowed. It's haram. You cannot sleep through your Salah intentionally. No. It's as bad as eating pork and maybe even worse. Did you ever think of that? If it's done intentionally. If it's forgetfulness, there is forgiveness for it. If it's done intentionally, it's haram, forbidden. Allah says, you lost out. Come on, man. You lost out so badly that one narration explains how shaitan peed in your ear out of excitement. Whoa, we're so happy, man. Because shaitan's main aim, let's look at what shaitan says. He was arrogant. So let's protect ourselves from arrogance. The next verse Allah says, Allah said, O Iblis, what prevented you from prostrating to that which I created with my hands? Were you arrogant then or were you already amongst the haughty? Arrogance and haughtiness. We've explained that already. Then Allah says, Subhanallah. What beautiful verses. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Astakbarta am kunta minal alin. Were you arrogant or from amongst the haughty? Then Allah says, Iblis answers. And he says, I am better than him. I am better than him. I'm better than who? Than Adam. It sounds like a little child who says, he's crying in one corner and when they ask him, why are you crying? He says, because he got the game and I don't. And I'm better than him. Why didn't you give it to me? Little kid. But this was not a little kid. This was Iblis. He was a figure that was powerful. Allah had granted him the power, but he was part of the game. Part of the game meaning part of the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah chose, I'm going to put man into the world, he said, I'm going to put obstacles. I mean, it's silly to have a game that has a straight road and you have a car that can go up to 500 kilometers an hour. No potholes, no bends, no obstacles, no people crossing, no other vehicles, nothing. You just got to press accelerator and carry on up, up to the finish line. What's the point? There's no, there's actually no test there. So Allah says, when we say we want to test you, oh man, we're going to put a devil in the path. There's going to be a pothole, you're going to have to go around it. Whoever goes around it in the best way will get the most points. And whoever turns the bend in a way that the car hasn't flipped will actually get the most points. I'm giving you one example, but there's thousands of other games. We could use the example of aeroplanes or, or cars or anything else. But no, we professionals at playing this game, this game meaning the real games, Nintendo and what have you. But we don't even know how to live in the dunya, which is also part of a larger plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every day we have games and the game over, we start again and we carry on and we do better and we do better and we do better. Allah says, but this life is only once. You don't, there's no game over and you carry on. The only gift we're going to give you is you can restart through tawbah, through hajj, through the acceptance of Islam. All this can restart back from zero. Not, it starts from not. In fact, you will start from good points. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. So Allah says, Iblis said, I am better than him. Now watch out, my mothers and sisters, when we think we are better than others, that's when shaitan comes to us. Like I say, life is a struggle and everyone's spirituality is their own level, which they would like to see going upwards. So sometimes people outwardly might not be that religious and sometimes they are struggling so much and sometimes they have much more internally than the others who might outwardly be so religious. So... Although from a physical aspect one might be able to see that okay this person looks like they are a better Muslim and this is not. But spiritually we will never ever know the truth. 
So many people dress properly. They have, mashallah, correct clothing, but they are hypocrites. Big time hypocrites sometimes. May Allah protect us. Sometimes they steal people's monies, they deceive, they lie, they create hatred and they backbite and they engage in gossip and they falsely accuse and they slander. These sins are almost semi-unforgivable. The reason is you, to seek forgiveness for this type of sin, you need to go and ask the human being whom you've wronged to actually uh, forgive you first and they may not. That's why we say it's semi-impossible. But it's, there are others who might commit zina. They might have listened to music. They might have drunk alcohol. They might, those sins, they are dangerous, detrimental, major sins. But Allah can forgive them. It's directly between you and Allah. It's got no third party involved. You don't have to knock somebody's door and say, Look, I did something wrong to you and I'm sorry. You've got to go straight to the ghaffar that we spoke about now. Al-ghaffar, the name of Allah, the one who is... Oft forgiving, every time carries on forgiving. And you just go to tell him, Ya Allah, I did this and I'm, I, I really won't do it again. I'm so sorry. These are called the different types of sins. The category is one is in the rights of Allah and the other is in the rights of human beings. So this is why there are people who are extremely religious outwardly, but they are faltering in the rights of human beings. And there are people who might not be extremely religious, but they are not faltering in the rights of human beings. Like sometimes you see people who might not be dressed appropriately. Sometimes you see them a little bit weak here and there, but they won't backbite. They won't slander. They might not engage in, you know, in, in her hurting someone, in causing problems and things with other people and, and so on. These type of sins that are connected to other human beings, they stand a better chance to be forgiven by Allah than a person who was outwardly so deep, but inside they kept on, they had bukht and hatred against their fellow Muslimin and against the others who, just because they had a difference of opinion, they preached hatred against them. Well, they got to answer Allah. And you know what? Because of the damage that they may have caused a specific person, they will also have to ask that specific person for forgiveness, and that person may not forgive them because they are not ghaffar. Al-ghaffar is Allah. This is why Allah says, watch out. And this is why this verse is mentioned here. One of the reasons is for us to learn a lesson. Don't ever think I am better than him. That was the first crime committed by Iblis. He thought he was better than the other. He thought he was better than Adam. So Allah says, Iblis carried on to prove his point. So silly. He says, you created me from fire and you created him from clay. So fire and clay don't go together. In other words. So Allah says, well then, if you don't want to obey our commands, Allah tells him, then get out of this paradise, for indeed you are expelled. Now what paradise was this? Is it the same paradise we're going to go to? Well, a lot of the Mufassirin say no. This was a special paradise known as Jannatul Ibtila, which was a special place that was created as paradise, but it was for the test. It was mainly for the test of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and for this particular test. So he was created in that place always to have come always going to come down to the earth that was the plan of Allah and he had already told the angels that that was his plan but Allah created him in a specific place and that was known as Jannah and it was Jannatul Ibtila the Jannah or the, the, the garden of the tests because remember the term Jannah actually means garden so Allah says well, then you can get out of it for indeed you are expelled so this shows us that when we continue dis disregarding the laws of Allah, transgressing against Allah, we could be expelled from His mercy. Then we don't know. People are saying, why is my life upside down? Develop your link with Allah and it will come the right way around. Allahu Akbar. And you know what? It might take a bit of time, but it will come. You know, panel beating requires hitting. 
it requires knocking the car and it requires heat and pressure and so on professionalism and whatever so you need a guide you need someone to help you you need for example someone to teach you and you need to be strict on yourself hard on yourself it's going to cause a lot of internal pain initially maybe perhaps but immediately you recognize your maker you'll start feeling the cool the calm the contentment the happiness this is Allah so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and indeed Upon you is my curse until the day of judgment, until the day of recompense. He said, my Lord, then reprieve me. Give me some time until the day that they are resurrected. I just want a bit of time. Now, this was all the plan of Allah. If Allah wanted, he did not need to allow this. But in order to make us earn more points, he allowed it. What does this mean? Shaitan, if he was not there, we would never be lazy to read Salah. So we would read Salah and get a reward for reading Salah. But if laziness comes to you because now Shaitan is there, to fight laziness is a, is a separate reward all on its own. What a great reward. It's a far greater reward, subhanAllah. So now you have double reward, triple reward when you read your Salah. One is you fought laziness, you fought your evil thoughts, and then you came. So it's like the, it's like the game I was saying, the more obstacles, the higher the standard. So rather put some obstacles on the path and let's see who does better. You see, if everyone just had to go from A to B without any obstacles, we would all be at B by now. But everyone's got so many different potholes and tests and so many distractions on the path. That's shaitan. Allah left him in order for us to get more rewards as we dodge him. Allahu Akbar. So Allah says, He said, My Lord, give me some time until the day that they are resurrected. Allah says, Okay, so indeed you Ah, of those who have been given time. You are of those who are reprieved. It's okay, we've given you the reprieve until the day of the time well known. Until the day of the appointed time. So Iblis said, by your might. Now after he got the time, he's saying something. It was part of Allah's plan, but now Iblis is saying it. He says, by your might, I will surely mislead them all, except amongst them your chosen servants. So, Whoever I cannot mislead, it means you have chosen him. May Allah choose us. May Allah make it easy for us. May Allah protect us from being misled. This is a challenge. This is our test. It's us fighting against the devil and the ground here is this dunya and at the end we're going to die and we're going to carry on and Allah is going to ask us, how did you fight the devil? Did you manage? How did you do it? Let's see. What happened? We told you, we warned you, we sent messages to you, we sent an instruction, you didn't even read it. Imagine, some people are pressing brakes in order to move forward without realizing if you read the Quran, you'll know, I just got to press the accelerator, I'll go forward. But we didn't read it yet. We're still tampering with the clutch and the brakes, thinking the car will go forward. No, foolish. Fools still don't know the meaning of the Quran and they're about to die. Allahu Akbar. Imagine, haven't yet pressed accelerator even once. And the rest of the dunya is sitting at a thousand kilometers away from us, meaning they're already gone far. This is why the hadith says, look at those who are higher than you in spirituality. It will boost you, encourage you to do more. Look at those who are lower than you in terms of materialism, and it will help you to appreciate the gifts of Allah upon you. Amazing. So Allah says, we've given you the time. Then Allah says something else. The truth is my oath, and the truth I say. This is the truth. There is absolute truth. This is complete truth. Allah is saying, whatever we've just told you, the Quran and everything and the promise, everything is the truth. And Allah says, I will surely fill hell with you and with those who follow you. All together, I will fill hellfire with all of you. And then Allah says, Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I do not ask for you. I do not, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. 
Allahu Akbar. Allah says, just the verse before that, Allah says, لَأَمْلَأَنَّ جَهَنَّمَ مِنْكَ وَمِمَّنْ تَبِعَكَ مِنْهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ Then Allah says, O Muhammad وسلم, tell them, I do not ask for it a payment. I brought you this Qur'an, I'm not asking for a payment for it. I don't want money for it. I actually don't want money for it. And this is why, as far as possible, even when we're teaching the Qur'an and so on, uh, subhanallah, it just depends how it, ha it happens. The most effective are those who don't even charge. But the problem with us is sometimes, you know, in this dunya, there are people who need to live and so on. And because they've dedicated their lives to that, so that's why the schools that we may attend and so on, you might have a fee. But it may not be prohibited completely. But as for a messenger, it is completely prohibited for a Nabi of Allah to ask for a payment in order to give, to be, to give the others the revelation. It was part of the duty of Allah. If he wanted, he could have asked for money. People make a killing out of it. May Allah protect us. So Allah says, I do not ask for it, meaning for the Qur'an and the teaching of the Qur'an. I do not ask for it, any payment, and I am not of the pretentious. It is but a reminder to the worlds. It's a reminder to the alameen. All, everyone, mankind, jinkind, of all time. From the time of the advent of Muhammad wasallam, right to the end. And Allah says, and you will surely know the truth. It's information after a time. After a little time, after a short period of time, you will definitely know the truth. It's going to come. And then you will realize and recognize. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. It was a beautiful session we had today. May Allah grant us, inshallah, the meeting again and again in His obedience in order to boost ourselves. My mothers and sisters, do not lose the opportunity today to become a better person and to promise Allah to sit back and to think deeply about what we've said today and how important it is to pass this test and to get to the other side in a way that we can then have our trophy. May Allah bless us. Just a quick note, inshallah, Ramadan this year will be in Malaysia, in the city of Kuala Lumpur. And we are perhaps going to go through the lives of, or very briefly, some of the snippets within the lives of some of the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is the plan. I request your dua so that we can fulfill it in the correct way uh, and that Allah accept it from us. And may Allah grant us all ease and goodness. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdi. Subhanakallahumma bihamdi. Kanashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.